The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. This is a podcast from Minute Media. Hey, Giant fans. Welcome to the Giant Insider Podcast. My name's Jerry Foley. I'm the senior editor of the Giant Insider newspaper. And with me, as always, is the beat writer, the heart of Giant Nation. Lives in Jersey via Staten Island, Brooklyn, and now South Carolina, folks. I don't know. Charleston? Where, Chris? We're in South Carolina, buddy. <laughs> yeah, I'm an old Gamecock, you know. <laughs> Southern boy, man. Southern boy. <laughs> I'm, of course, referring to the, the presser oh, yeah. today, man. That was awesome. <laughs> I, I, haven't, I, haven't got, I haven't got my uh, you-know-what broken like this in a long time. Everybody's texting me. People haven't heard from going, I didn't realize you're from South Carolina, Chris. Oh, uh, that was great, dude. That was great. Uh, so, so people, um, I guess Jerry will explain a little bit. People don't know yet. Um, today on the Brian Dable's uh, presser, I opened my mouth and Dable says, oh, I, I see you from South Carolina. And at first I was like, I, I realized at first what he was saying. I was just like, no, actually I'm from Brooklyn. He goes, he goes yeah, no, I know. That was that was awesome. So whatever, I stood out my mouth. And I actually uh, grabbed him after the presser. <clears throat> I said, so coach, uh, I like to break my my, uh, my my balls a little bit, huh, South Carolina guy? And he goes, dude, he goes, it doesn't come more to New York than you. As soon as you open your mouth, I know it. He went like that, so... Uh, a good down earth guy, man. You know, really. Uh, he, that was the reputation on him, and I know Jerry. We're gonna have a guest on in a little while. I covered him up in yep. Buffalo, and um, and you can see it, man. He's just a knock around guy, real good personality, um, and uh, just seems like a real like a guy you just want to go out and have a beer with. And uh, he mentioned that he goes, "Hey, we're gonna have some beers, everybody, one day," you know, and, <laughs> and that's the type of guy he seems to be, you know. So. Uh, Look, Jerry, this means crap. Yeah, sure. This right. all means shit, bro. It all depends on winning football games and all that. But um, I put on Twitter today, and I was thinking about it on the way home, and it was just a breath of yeah. fresh air. Uh, like the whole building yeah. needed it. It needed a breath of fresh air. And because it was a little tense with Judge... And, you know, he didn't have that relationship with the media. He was, no, he was always respectful, Joe, but, you know, he, he could be a little intense yeah. and all that. And everything was, everything was just football, football, yeah. football, you know. And sometimes you got to show that other side, you know, and Jerry, and, and just be a little light. You know, I wasn't the only one. He broke his balls today. He broke a few other guys. He was getting <laughs> on them a little bit. Just trying to, yeah. you know, just lightening yeah. the mood, dude. Um Instead of the just, all right, here I am. We're gonna coach. Right, let's go. Let's go. We're gonna coach. I'm the coach. We're gonna, you know, we're gonna do this and we're yeah. gonna do that. And, and uh, look, this all means nothing until the games start and he can make some decisions and throwing in game and X's and O's and getting players to play to their strengths. And that's what it's all about, you know, wins and losses. But it was a breath of fresh air, dude. I don't know how you saw it, Jerry, man, but it was it was refreshing. It's been, you know, Sharma's tenure didn't end well with us, right. the media. Um, uh, Judge, we all know how that ended up with that 11-minute 11, 11 rant that he went on. 
and now this guy comes in here and he's like from a guy like your favorite uncle like, let's go have some beers and we'll go to the racetrack and you know <laughs> and, and let's go bet some ponies today you know like that type of guy yeah know? it was it was a breath of fresh so, air you, you, you covered it well uh, you said it well uh, this is our first podcast since the hiring so yeah, this was always the one that made the most sense, bringing in Shane and, and Dable together, uh, like a, you know, very collaborative, uh, very collaborative uh, effort that the, you know, we, we see going forward. And look, like you said, it's breath of fresh air. He seemed very, very real, but it doesn't mean anything till you know, till the game start and the practice to start and all that. And you want to see improvement in this team over the next few years. And what I like is he understands that you have to win now. There's none of this grace. It doesn't seem like he... Like he, he realizes there's no real grace period. They don't want to go through this again in two years. But at the same time, you have to start winning games. Now, no one thinks they're going to win next year, but stranger things have happened. But you're building towards probably 2023. But I liked it. seemed like there was a sense of urgency with him, Chris. I don't know if you felt the same way, but it seemed like he kind of gets like, yeah, things need to improve pretty quickly around here. Yeah, and there's none of that. They don't, you know, even when Joe Shane spoke to us last week, there's none of that. Oh well, guys, you know, next year we're, you know, we're just going to be rebuilding and we're throwing right. in the towel the next year. No, no, no. They they feel they right. could, you know, do some things and, and be very competitive next year. There's none of that attitude around. I can tell you that right now. You know. Yeah. Um. Yeah, and you know that that's the attitude. Now taking some nuggets away from the presser today, um, I could tell you that Patrick Graham. And he confirmed it today. Uh, he will be the yeah. coordinator if he doesn't land the Viking job. Right. So, just an update. I put it on Twitter this afternoon. Somebody whispered in my ear that you know Graham is going going to interview with the Vikings again. Okay. Um, so it's looking better and better that he might land that job. Okay. Yeah. Uh, not definite. These things always change until you know until it's announced until signatures on the paper. On the contract, nothing's official. But he right. is going back to talk to the Vikings again. That I know. Um, Harbaugh yeah. was a guy that, uh, you know, Minnesota was going to talk to, or maybe they even did talk to him, not even quite sure on that. But it seems like Harbaugh is using the Vikings as leverage. He, he he wants a little bit more out of Michigan. And uh, yeah. Jim, Jim Harbaugh is, uh, is Jim Harbaugh. Okay? All right? So yeah. uh, from what I understand... The Vikings are going to be a, a pretty much a hard pass in that one. Things could change. That's what I'm hearing, uh, and which right. opens it up more for Patrick Graham. But if it doesn't work out there, um, he's got a job here. Uh, uh, Dable today said it, confirmed it, that Graham will yeah. be here. And then Joe Shane confirmed it to, to me afterwards, saying that, yeah, no, well, you know, depending on what happens in Minnesota – you know, uh, he's going to be back here with us. So they, they were, uh, Joe Shane said he was very impressed with Graham. Uh, yeah. And loved his intelligence, uh, loved his fire and everything like that. So that's the story for you, Patrick Graham fans. You know, and I, I think basically the majority of Giant fans would like to see him back, Jerry, running the defense. Yeah, I think so too. Running the defense. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, on yeah. the offensive side of the ball, look, they didn't mention any names, but it's no secret. They're trying to get Ken Dorsey over here. From yeah. the Buffalo Bills, the quarterbacks coach. Okay, now Sean McDermott, Derm, Sean McDermott is going to promote him to offensive coordinator. But it always, a lot of times it comes down to the old dinero, <laughs> and you know, and the Giants are trying to get Dorsey, uh, but it's going to come down to contract, money, and all that. So they're not out of the woods yet with that. Uh, but I'm pretty sure McDermott's going to promote him. And we'll see if he stays or not. 
But the Giants yeah. are making a pitch. Dable's making a pitch to bring him over here. We'll see if it happens. Chris, Dable seemed to have the same answer with regard to Daniel Jones as Shane right. did. You think they're being sincere that they like yeah. Daniel Jones and that they, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, I do, Jerry. Uh, uh, look, Jerry, after the first Zoom interview with Dable, yeah. Adam Peters, and somebody else, I forget who it was, I was telling you personally, and I was putting on Twitter that, hey, these guys like Daniel. They yeah. like Daniel. Um, yep. So things could always change, Jerry, but I think, you know, when Dable spelled it out today about Daniel, he basically said, we're going to build around this kid. We're going to build to his strengths, and we got to help him. Yeah. we got to help him. They like Daniel, Jerry. They like Daniel. You know, now, we'll see it as it progresses. You know what I mean? As the process moves along, we're going to see, you know, um, it could be a matter of two, you know, we like him, we, you know, but there's also nobody else, so we're going to go with this kid next year, you know. We're not yeah, trading for yeah. Russell Wilson. Forget about the Watsons and all that. You know, Aaron Rodgers. Forget about all that. That ain't happening, you know. Yeah. Um, but they do like him. They they like what he, you know, they like what he, uh, he brings to the table. And they're going to try to make it work, Jerry, in, in 2022, uh, 2022 with Daniel, you know. One of the things he said I, that I liked was play to these play to his strengths and see what you know talk to these guys see what they like about the offense see what they like about you know whether offense or defense but I'm specifically thinking about the offense because of how putrid it's been for the past few years but play to their strengths see what they do well see what they like and I like that approach and I I'm I'm hoping look we said it all along we hope Daniel Jones is the guy you don't want to have to start over there uh, it would be so much easier if he was the guy and no one's expecting him to be Josh Allen guys but. For what you saw under Shermer, um, you would hope he would take a, the, the next step from there and kind of just put the, the last two years in the rear view because he does have he does have a lot of talent. Uh, it's just a matter of kind of putting it all together and, and now gaining some confidence. But something you said real quick before, Chris, about um, kind of changing the mood at the, in the whole facility. One of the things John Mara said to you guys I thought was awesome was that uh, you're all getting a large Pepsi mm-hmm. on the way out. I thought like, like that there alone tells you like – you know, maybe there's a little light. Like, there's got to be a sense of relief, right, for on his side. Like, like you don't know if you have the guys, but you're feeling very good about who you just brought in to kind of lead this going forward, both the GM and the head coach. Yeah, sure. But, you know, Jerry, he felt good about Judge two years ago, too, and he felt good about yeah, Sherman. Good so, it's look, everybody's feeling good now, but it's going to come down to as everything else. You know, you know, Jerry, yeah. I'm walking out of the building today and um, – uh, Paul Schwartz from the New York Post, you know, he sees me in the parking lot. He goes, Chris, you think maybe we could stop doing this every two years? <laughs> you know, and I yeah. said, Paul, I said, that's the goal, bro. I mean, because this is getting monotonous now, you know, like, <laughs> you know, I, mean, uh, I, mean, I mean, I said to Paul, I said, uh, are we going to have this conversation in two years from now? You know, uh, <laughs> you so know, funny. I mean, so that's the goal. You know, the goal is that these right. guys get it right and, you know, and get it going and, and, and start building in a positive way and all that. So, and, and everything's, look, Mara feels they got the two guys now, but, you know, I'm not going to bullshit you, Jerry. Every, they felt that for the last couple of hires, you know. That's a good point. So it all yeah. comes down to, you know, let's see what these guys do, starting with the drafts and starting with training camp and obviously next September when 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 the games start and you know how it goes so so a couple of things dable you know he didn't commit to calling plays today jerry uh, yeah. he said you know he might let the coordinator call plays and he just oversees the ceo type 
Um, so he didn't commit to that. You know. Um, Do you have a preference? Just curious. Um, I I don't like to see my head coach calling plays. I like to see him being like that CEO on the sideline. You know. Yeah. Um, but look, some of the better head coaches. As a matter of fact, the two guys in the Super Bowl in in a couple of weeks, they call their own plays. You know. Yeah. Um, me, I you know I think it takes away from some things, but. You know, uh, I I can't argue against it. You know, Jerry, I, I like yeah, I like sure. the whole CEO type thing on the sideline. Uh, but Dable's used to call him plays, and we'll see. He basically left the door open for that. He might do it. He might not. You know. Yeah. Um. He he put up some interesting t- uh, points today about how he had to change. He had to change his personality over the years. He said when he first started out, he was a real hard ass, and he told yeah. the story today. That when he was with Belichick in New England, um, he was he was in charge of the scout team, and this was on the side. This wasn't the press secretary. This was on the side after he spoke to yeah, us afterwards. Good. So people go, don't look for it, people. It's it's honest. <laughs> it was something he met with us afterwards, um, and he's telling a story about you know he was in charge of the scout team and they messed up something, you know, and he was going off, and somebody taps him on the shoulder and it's Willie McGinnis. And he said, hey, little man, calm it down with that. He, never, he goes, you're not going to last in this league. Keep doing that. And he looked <laughs> at him and he said, he goes, I still love Will, Willie Mack to this day. He goes, that was great advice he gave me. You know? and, and he said, you know, he was when he was with Cleveland and you know, some other teams, he said it was a little too much. A little too much. Oh, he said, yeah. and I had to change. Uh, there's a point when I'm making this. He had to change. He had to change his personality. Right. He says a lot of players were getting turned off by it. They won't trust him. They just thought he was like trying to be like a, a Belichick or a Saban hot ass. Yeah. And I learned, and he said it, he goes, I learned. And I learned from those guys. And they weren't like that. They could be really hard on you. He goes, but they cared about the players. Yeah. They care about you. And he said, you know what? I had to change, man. He goes, I had to show these guys my other side. And, and he, you know, I, that was the question I asked him today, Jerry. It was because so many former Buffalo Bills now are coming out and saying, hey, you know what? We trust this guy, not just as a coach. We trust him as a man. And, Jerry, that's huge, bro. Yeah. That's huge, man. You know, uh, and I, that's why I asked him that. You know, like, what was, you know, how did you establish that? Because, you know, a lot of players, they trust you. Okay, he'll, he knows his X's and O's, right, Jerry? But as a person, they're like, yeah, you know, right. this, this freaking guy, you know, this guy, you know, all right, maybe he knows football, but he's a real asshole, you know? <laughs> right. But so when a Stephen Diggs comes out and says, I love him, I, I trust him in my life, and I trust him as a per, you know, Diggs could be a little, you know, Diggs could be a little salty, yeah, you know what right, I mean? Right, right, right. And, and you see guys like that, and, and, you know, so, and he said, he goes, I had a, you know, I started caring about these guys. Yeah. It's not just about football. It's about their families, their wives, their kids, Water heaters in the house. It could be anything he said, you know. Uh, so he, you know, he adjusted. He adjusted with that, and with the Buffalo Bills, the first few years with Josh Allen, everybody thought Josh Allen was a bust. Yeah, his first year was not good, guys. I mean, it, it's, I think it's um, completion Second percentage was like fifty three percent or something like that, and he was erratic, man. He was exactly what we thought he was coming out of Wyoming. So you know, Dable. Said he goes, you know what? I have to adjust to what this kid does well. Yeah. I have to adjust the way I'm, you know, I have to adjust, and that's what he did with Josh Allen. 
He adjusted a lot of different things. Played his strengths. All everything. Make him again. Extend plays. Structured runs. Yeah. Got him some weapons. You know, and now Josh Allen is one of the best. So I like that, Jerry. I like a guy that's you know stands up and goes, "Hey, I had to change things up." Yeah. Which means Jerry, he's gonna come here now, and he might start off doing something with arguments, say Daniel Jones. Yeah. And he's gonna see, hey, you know what? That ain't working. I have to do this. Yeah. I have to do that. You know, Galladay. Nah. You know. No, I don't like. You know, we have to do this. I have to adjust. After a game, two games, whatever it might be next season, two games, he's going to look at it, Dave, and go, okay, no, I got to I gotta change this up. Yeah. We got to start doing this scheme to get Galladay more targets. Oh, get him. You know what I mean? So that's the positive, Jerry, of everything, that this guy is willing to change it up, not just X's and O's, but personality and realizing that, hey, yeah. I'm not, I don't know it all. You know, I have to make adjustments because I failed these guys last game. Right. You know, or whatever it might be. Or we scored 13 points against a 31st ranked team. That's ridiculous. Right. So I got to do this now next game. Or I got to look at what out the hell I'm doing. You know? So I think that's a, a positive, Jerry, that really came out of the impression I got from Dable today uh, from the presser. You know? so. Yeah, he kind of referred to it a few times about gaining players' trust. I, you have to like that. And look, what I liked about it also was there wasn't a magic... He didn't give a magic answer to anything. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, he was just very upfront. Like, look, I got to come in here and work hard and gain these guys' trust. And uh, he talked about being, you know, gaining their trust. And and, and, and to your point, the, the story you just told, you got you have to love to hear that because there is no button you can press here to, to fix things. It's it's going to be a longer process. I just like the honesty that he, that he kind of brought forth that it wasn't just, there wasn't going to be a, a magic response to anything to, to fix all this. So... I, I like that from a fan's perspective. I thought that was that was a that was a huge positive for me. Yeah, somebody even asked him today. You know, all oh, the Bengals were a two win team a couple years ago, right. a four win yeah. team last year. Oh, uh, can you guys be the Bengals next year? I mean, and he was like, guys, we're just trying to get better. Right. I, I have to assess everybody right. on this team. Right. I haven't. He goes, I haven't even picked the staff yet. Yeah, I saw that. You that was know? a great answer. You know, yeah, I mean, <laughs> you know, people are asking him about you know being the Bengals next year. I mean. Everybody, of course, that's everybody's goal, you know, uh, to try to turn it around. But who really, very rarely does a four-win team next year. It's been done, don't get me wrong. But very rarely is a four-win team going to the Super Bowl, you know, um, the, the next year. So he wasn't going to say something like, well, look, I think if we do a few things, we have a good shot at that. That's like... <laughs> Imagine that's that. like, I mean... <laughs> Imagine know, if like, you heard that, it's like, oh, no. <laughs> Who'd we yeah. pick? <laughs> uh, you know... Yeah. Uh, so he was forthright with that, Jerry. You know, yeah. uh, the, like Joe Shane, same thing. You know, yeah. hey, we're gonna we're gonna stick to our process, and we're gonna try to, you know, we're gonna try to get this better and and, and make sure we're, we're going forward next year. You know, right? And there's no playoffs or bust. I, don't, I think somebody even asked that uh, the Mara. What did Mara tell you? The Mara say he wants to play. Oh, no, no, Mara doesn't, doesn't say that. Mara, not his first year. Mara looks at it like, what does Mara want? He said it to, the other day. He wants he wants progress. He doesn't want a four-win team again. Yeah. You know? Yeah. You know, they, he just wants a team. At the end of the year, you say, okay. Uh, you know, after the first year with Judge, everybody was like, okay, we're going forward. And then out, that went down the, the you-know-what ball. And it all fell apart. Right. You know? So that's the goal. Uh, and, and, and then make no bones about it, Jerry. Look, they're going to have to make a lot of tough decisions. Joe Shane was on 
Sirius XM the other day. Um, and he said, I'm looking to free up like $40 million. Yeah, yeah right. And Jerry, he's not going to be able to do that. I already look, you know, looking at, I'm looking at the rosters, uh, the contracts, everybody. You can free up some million, you know, you can free up money here and there. But the point being is that there's going to be some tough decisions, dude. Yeah. And these guys got to roll up their sleeves and make some tough decisions. And it's not going to be easy. It's not like, you know, these guys are in heaven and $50 million over the ca- uh, you know, under the cap. Right. You know what I mean, Jerry? Right. Um, and you're going to have to eat some dead money. And, and it is what it is. Uh, and this isn't as easy as just letting go of Evan Ingram. That's an easy one. There's other decisions like, I'll just say it, James Bradbury, guys like that. Dory Jackson, I looked at the list, probably the same list as you did, Chris. And it's it's daunting, but it but this is what they signed up for. So go ahead, I'm sorry. Yeah, no, no, it's going to be a lot of restructuring. Uh, I was talking to somebody last night, and we were talking about, like, you know, hey, guys like Dory, James, you know, we sh- a lot of restructured contracts. A couple guys are going to get cut. Yeah. You know, um, you're going to have to eat up a little dead money. You're going to get some, you know, cap savings there. But there's going to be no, I mean, Jerry, I don't think there's any question. There's going to be, you know, two or three, four guys going to have to start restructuring, move around, you know, the way they do that bonus money, whatever the hell they do there to yeah. free up cap space. Yep. And Kevin Abrams, you know, is going to be there yep. with Joe Shane tr- trying to figure this out. You right, know? right. Uh, you know, but Shane said today that Abrams, you know, has been a big help to him and he's going to keep him, you know, Abrams even said, you know, Shane even says, he goes, you know, if you don't want to make me assistant GM, fine, but, you know, I still got a position here and I'm here to help you, man. You know, with this cap and the numbers and all that. And Shane made it, he was out of it. Shane goes, you know, Abrams is going nowhere. We're going to, we're keeping him. Yeah. Yep. Uh, because he's been a big help in a lot of other things, you know. So, um, you know, that that's, it's going to be a lot of tough decisions, bro. They got to clear up a lot of space, man. You know, they're not going to be aggressive, obviously, in free agents. So they're going to have to draft well, you know. But I love the story. You know, somebody asked Joe Shane. Joe Shane spoke with his two on his side uh, today. Yeah. And I love the story about, you know, somebody asked him about, you know, you know how, how was it with you and Dable when you guys, you know, and, and Brandon, uh, Brandon Bean, the general manager of the Bills, how was it, you know, around this time of year when you put up your draft board? And Joe Shane said, he goes, Dable was a big part of that. Yeah. He says he found guys. He said when he was in Miami, Jerry, when Shane and Dable were together in Miami, he says Dable came up with some guys they drafted like third, fourth round that contributed to them. Yeah. And that was all Dable. Right. And then he mentioned, um, he says, he says, look at Gabriel Davis. Yeah. Because yep. we drafted him, I think it was the fourth round. He said, I forget, third, third or fourth, fourth. round. Third or fourth, Dable, uh, yep. Davis was... And he says that was he. And Joe Shane says that was that was Brian Dable, right? And, and he goes, and you guys saw what he did in the playoff game. He had two hundred yards, four touchdowns. I mean, this is a kid that's really starting, you know, coming to his own, right? And he was crediting Dable for that. He says Dable is a type of guy. He looks at guys, and he and you know and he he sniffs out this talent, right? And Jerry, that's something this organization hasn't had, bro. Yep. Middle round guys, you know, oh, in forever, Chris, forever. You know? Those, yeah. You know, if say for argument's sake, Jerry, you know, Patrick Graham gets his Viking job, well, they're going to get another number three pick. Yeah, I think they get two more picks, a third and something is, else. Is it two this year? I, I believe it's one this year I and be- one the next. Is it yeah, two this yeah, year? Yeah, I, I don't, you know what? I'm not sure. I know they get a third. I, they get another one. I'm not sure if it's this year or next year, but go ahead. I thought it was one this year and one next, but I could be wrong on that. Yeah. Anyway, they're going to get two more picks. Yeah. 
third round picks, whatever it is, right? Because of the the Rooney rule, whatever you know, whatever the hell that rule is. I'm not exactly sure the whole damn rule. Yeah. But I know the Giants are gonna if if Patrick gets the Viking job, right? You know. So you know you're looking at ten picks next year. You're gonna have middle round picks, and mm-hmm. hey, <coughs> excuse me. You know, you know, you got a guy like Dable who's has success in these third, fourth, fifth rounds. And that's a positive sign, Jerry. Yeah, yeah. You know, and it's not like Joe Shane's going to sit there like, you know, I'm the emperor and all that. You know, so. Yep. You know, so. Good stuff. I think I think our special guest is rolling in. All right, guys, we will take a break right now and be right back with our special guest. Hang on one second, guys. All right, guys, and we're back. And we have with us a special guest the editor of Bill's Digest. Think Giant Insider, except Bill's Digest. Mark Ludwizak. Mark, thanks so much for joining, man, because I know you have a lot of information you can give us right now that Giants Nation will be will be very interested in hearing, my friend. Glad to be here. Thanks for having me. Mark, welcome aboard, buddy. You know, uh, Thanks for coming on and giving us a few minutes. Obviously, Mark, you know, today uh, Brian had his uh, presser with us, you know, um, and he came off as, as I was just talking with Jerry about it before you came on. He came off as a guy that, and I've been tweeting about this, that you go to a bar, have some beers, and say, have I want to <laughs> kick some ass tonight before we leave the bar? You know, yeah. and then he talked, he was telling, he was talking to us about having beers and we're going to get together. Um, you know what? I didn't sense any phoniness with the guy at all. He just seems like a down to earth, personable dude. Walk, tell me, I mean, am I wrong here? No, I, I think you're you're spot on. He, I, I think he's a very genuine guy. I can say, just from our dealings with him in the media, he's the type of guy who, when the cameras were off, would stick around and spin some jokes and talk to somebody about a cigar bar he liked nearby. You know, I mean, um, and he wouldn't be afraid to shoot the stuff. You know, um, I, I think he's a great coach. I think he's a good dude. Um, obviously, he's got you know a heavy lift ahead of him there, but. Yeah, you know, and we'll get to that, of course. But I, I was amazed he didn't get a head coaching job last year. Um, I, I've covered a lot of terrible Bills teams and a lot of terrible Bills offenses over the years. And the, the job that he did here um, in j- just completely turning this offense around, in turning Josh Allen into not just a great quarterback, but one of the best players in the league. Um, was just incredible, and I, I mean, I think he's been ready for this opportunity for a long time now, so I, I just, I think it's well-deserved, and I, yeah, I think he's a good dude. I wish him the best out there. Mark, the, Jerry, just, just one second, yeah. but jump in there. Mark, the question a lot of Giant fans want to know, I, I, I want the answer to is, was Brian Dable a better coach once Stephen Diggs got there and Josh Allen improved and all that? Um, I'm not. I'm just telling you. A lot of people ask me this, Mark. Well, is he just yeah. the product of the environment? You know, now he only became a really good coach when Josh took off, Diggs came over there, you know, and all that. Um, tell us, Mark. How did he change his offense around? He, I, I admire his coaching philosophy. And again, I, I, I'll try not to just bring up Bill's ghosts of the past, but I've covered a no, lot. No, go ahead, of ter- man. It's fine. But, but, but for re- yeah, for references' sake. I've covered a lot of terrible offensive coordinators before. Again, you guys know how it is. Uh, you know, yeah, you we can, do. You can, yeah, so you can you can tell the the bad ones from the good ones, particularly at the offensive coordinator spot. And even when Dayball would, I mean, you know how fans can be. Even say after a bad game, 
you know, over the last couple of years, and you know, people on Twitter would go after him, or whatever. I just thought it was just asinine because it was like, do you remember some of the coordinators we had, bef- or the Bills had before him? It was just like, like, of course, a guy can have a bad game or whatnot, but sure. um, I, I just think he's a great coach, and I, yeah, I don't think, of course, the offense was better after you added one of the best receivers in the league and then developed. Josh Allen into one of the best quarterbacks in the league, but um, the, he, he, Dayball was great his entire time here in dealing with what he had, and his big MO, and you guys will now hear it week in and week out over the next couple of years, um, almost to a fault, but he truly believes this. It's not just lip service. He wants to run um, the, the best game plan that it takes to win. He will mold. If he'll, I mean, he'll say this verbatim. I guarantee you guys will hear this. Um, if we need to run it 50 times to win, we'll run it 50 times to win. If we need to pass mm. it 50 times to win, we need to pass it 50 times to win. He is not um, married to one philosophy or the other. This is not Mike Malarkey coming in and saying, this is our offense, you, you better learn it, damn it, and we're, we're running it this way. Um, no, he, he's going to mold it to the players that he has. He's malleable, he's open-minded in that regard. Um, be, for example, we all know how Josh Allen is fantastic as a dual threat uh, player. He can run the ball, he can pass the ball, he can do all that. Uh, the, over time, they, they just kept incorporating that stuff into the offense. When Isaiah McKenzie was in the game, they were incorporating more jet sweeps and different plays than when Cole Beasley's in the game. I mean, he, he will do what he can um, to tailor the offense to the players that he has, and he's not set in his ways, and I, I think that's his biggest strength as a, as a coach, and I, I think that really... Uh, led to success here in Buffalo and made him a good, you know, coach anywhere. Yeah. Mark, a few things. Well, I'll, I'll, I'll break a rule that Dable said today. You can't ask more than one question, but three points. First, my our heartfelt condolences of, of what happened two weeks ago. That had to be brutal just covering the team from that standpoint. So, first off. Second, how long have you been with Bill's Digest to give us a kind of a time frame as to how many coordinators you've seen over the years? And then third, do you feel like this is a – you know, the, the, the Bills fr- franchise feel like this is a huge loss with Dable that will be compounded if Dorsey comes along as well. Like, what's the sense there, if you can answer that? Uh, to, to start, I'll start with that last one. Yeah, I, I think there is significant concern because Dable was a huge, huge piece of the puzzle here. And, and a huge- the future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Reason, I mean, one of the biggest reasons for the turnaround and the success here, again, when you factor in Sean McDermott is the head coach, but he, uh, you know, has a primarily defensive background. I'm not saying he doesn't have a hand in, in the yeah. offense, because um, he really does pride himself on um, not just being, you know, one a one, one side of the ball coach, but um, clearly the, this was Dayball's engine on offense. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, I think Bills fans do have some concern about uh, Dorsey potentially leaving and all that. Um, at the end of the day, I think they still have a lot of solace in knowing Josh Allen is their <laughs> quarterback, sure. and Fair I mean, enough. you know, he's one of the top three guys in the league. I'd say right now at that position, and um, 
I, I, th- I think he could overcome a lot of coaching uh, issues. But, yeah, I, I think it's a fair concern amongst Bills fans right now. Um, yeah, I, I would need to go back and uh, look at Wikipedia to see how many offensive coordinators I covered here in <laughs> Buffalo because there's been, I mean, countless. I, I've been covering the team full-time since uh, 2006. Mm. Um, so, you know, it was a revolving door of, of coaches and coordinators for a long time there. Um, and once once they found a guy like Dayball, it was clear that he was their guy, uh, you know, until he was going to get a head coaching job because he was just yeah. We know kid. what that's like now at the revolving door for the past few years. So we feel yeah. it right now. Yeah. Well, Ian Rappaport just put on Twitter that you're getting Jason Garrett, Mark, next year. <laughs> that's a joke, I say. Mark, come on, Mark, lighten up, buddy, lighten up. I'm only breaking your jokes. <laughs> That would be something. That would be that would be grounds for dismiss. Sean McDermott would would we wish him well in his future endeavors. <laughs> I gotta be honest. I stared was, straight ahead because yeah. I was like, "Wow, is that Chris? You sold it well." I was like, <laughs> that was, I, I, I Wait, what? I'm that sorry, was... Mark. I know you deal with a lot of shit the last, last <laughs> no, week. Luckily, I didn't mean to do that. I, I'm, I'm sorry. That. I, I couldn't help myself. Okay, Mark. <laughs> oh, that was great. Yeah, Mark. I gotta ask you this, and this is what impressed me uh, about Brian. Um, the second half of the year. Um, and he admitted this, Brian, and Mark, you know better than me, so you tell me. Sure. They got away from Singletary a lot. And Brian admitted, hey, we got to get Devin more involved here. It seemed like he made that adjustment down the stretch, especially the last few games, right, Mark, where Devin Singletary was more involved. So the point I'm making, Mark, you tell me, you know, you tell me because you know better than me, bud. He seems to be a coach that will make adjustments, right? Not just like, all right, well, we're going to make Josh throw it 40 times and, and you know, that's that's the game plan. And No. It seems like, it's like he realized maybe some of the things he wasn't doing. And, hey, I got to give Josh a break here. I got to get Devin. I got to get Zach Boss. I got to get guys more involved, especially Singletary. He's a talented kid. You know, yeah. I got we got to get these guys more involved. I saw that, and I always look for stuff like that, Mark. Like, how are these coaches adjusting you know tell me mark did you see that a lot too is he a type of guy you say hey this coach adjusts he makes changes on the fly and all that tell me mark yeah i mean i i think that's his number one strength as a as an open-minded coordinator um again i i'm sure you guys will hear it a lot it is i mean i would laugh when we'd hear it every week because he he was steadfast in his philosophy of i'm gonna do what it takes to win if i need to run 50 times if i need to pass 50 times he, he doesn't care he's not He's not looking to, to goose his stats um, in order, you know, it, it just, it, he doesn't need to pass. You know, I've got Josh Allen. Oh, I need to get a head coaching job. We need to throw it uh, at some amount of time. He, he doesn't care. It, it, it's one of those games where they need to run the ball, where they need to pass the ball. That's what he's going to do. I think the Singletary point, I think there's two parts to that. I think um, he did realize that it would help, but it, it, it's funny. I can say, I mean, he was pressed a lot on that earlier in the year when they weren't running the ball. And oh, he was, huh? He was. Yeah, 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 by, yeah by, by media here. And, right. again, I, and that's why I go back to that quote that he would say all the time because it would, it would be kind of humorous. And he, it, it wasn't that, oh, we need to run the ball. It was if, if we need to run the ball, if that's what they're showing us, we're going to run the ball. So right. I don't think it was necessarily a conscious effort to say we need to be a balanced offense. I think it was if that's what's best for us, we're going to do it. And then I'll also say, I mean, Singletary, he, to me, he was a completely different player over those final uh, seven weeks or so of the season than he was at the start of the year. So 
If okay. I, I mean, I can't blame Brian Dable. If Singletary was running like he did in the first three quarters of the season, never run the ball. What's the point? You got Josh Allen, you got Stephon Diggs. Do right. I mean? Do if it's working, stick with that. Then all of a sudden, Singletary just completely turned it on. Um, I mean, he had one run at the end of the year. I thought he looked. It, it was like a spitting image of Thurman Thomas. It was just like, wh- where did this guy come from? He didn't run like this his first whatever two and a half years as a Bill. Yeah, give yeah. the guy the damn ball. Um, so and then that compounded itself because when you're playing well, he's going to you know emphasize you more. So um, I, I don't think it was an effort to say, uh, oh, we need balance because again, if their best chance to win is throwing it a hundred times, he's going to throw it a hundred times. But if the, right. if if they're their if their best chance to win against a defense that is uh, terrible on the run, they're going to run it fifty times. So I, I think that's truly one of his best assets as a coach, doing whatever you know they the game plan calls. Mark, right now it's a love fest with Dable. I mean, he, he hit it out of the park today. Came across very genuine. Giant fans are excited to have a an offensive mind in the building now, a real offensive mind, uh, especially after what we've seen the last couple of years. Is there anything where you could say it's kind of a weakness for Dable? Like, is there anything he sticks to too much? Is there are there any tendencies that you've seen over the years that you say, well, if there's one flaw, this is it? You know, that's a good question. Um, not off the top of my head. Uh, like Great. any perfect. Off- we'll cut it. We well, can yeah, cut it there. Well, <laughs> <laughs> well, like I mean, like I just like he's perfect. <laughs> Yeah. Well, no, I mean, like, like, like any offensive coordinator. I mean, he would get hammered at times if they, you know, if they lose or whatever. And yeah, oh, the game. Oh, the. I mean, there were times they this all do. year. Yeah, and that, and that, and that's what I go back to. I mean, there were times this year. There, I mean, there were. This was not a perfect season. The the Bills after that loss to Jacksonville. I mean, I'm going to say that again. The Bills after that, they lost to the Jaguars this year, and I mean, they still were one of the best teams in the league. But well, there you guys were, were times. Ha- this, yeah. yeah, you get. Yeah, there were times this year. Where, where he would get hammered, and again, to me, I, I think perspective was key. It was like, okay, every great coach or coordinator or quarterback has some bad games. I, I don't think, you know, but there were people, oh, and Dayball, you know, there were the handful of them on Twitter. Oh, he's got to go. It's like, no, come on. Take a, take a deep breath. He's a great coach. Great coaches have, you know, bad. So, again, it, it, it might not be smooth sailing. I, I know the situation over there. They don't have Josh uh, Josh Allen right now, there in New York right now, so there might be some of those times. But um, I just I think he's a good coach. I, I was amazed he wasn't hired as a head coach last year. Um, I think he's he, his resume has earned him this opportunity. Uh, just full more. Mark, I asked him a question today after he broke my chops saying I was from South Carolina. I guess he, as soon as I opened my mouth, he heard the New York accent, so he decided to break my chops a little bit. And then Chris, I got Chris, after- I, Chris, I just got another text on it live from a buddy. So Did you? Uh, yeah. yeah, I got him a little bit you know, uh, afterwards on his side. But, <laughs> Mark, you know, I asked him a question about um, trust. And so many of you guys up there, former players now, former players, even Stefan Diggs, who could be, as you know, a little salty at times. Even he was talking about, hey, I trust this guy. Forget about coach. I trust him as a man. You know, I asked him that today. I asked David, you know, how did he establish that? He gave his answer you know, about, you know, treating people like it. So, Mark, you're around the team. You're around the players. Is that smoke? Are these guys just blowing smoke up people's water? Or is that real, man? <laughs> no, <clears throat> excuse me. Uh, no, that relationship is real. I mean, he's the, he's the type of guy that would bust somebody's chops, I'll say, in a text message at 11 at night, you know, he's, you know, he's still their coach, but, I mean, I would say he and Josh Allen are as, as tight as 
a coach quarterback relationship could be. Um, I, I think John Feliciano would, would say, you know, that that Dayball would send them a test, you know, just out of nowhere, just shooting right. stuff and making a joke or whatever. I mean, I I, I think he's he's a personable, likable guy. Like I said, I mean, he would he would shoot the the stuff with us after. Um, press conferences and even the summer and the, and all the COVID stuff that when we were allowed all the to be out there I mean he'd be uh laughing and saying something with us afterwards I'm not saying that's the end-all be-all for a coach but I think he is a people person um as you guys know not all coaches are people people uh you know that, that is yeah. not a uh even I mean we joked about Garrett earlier I mean come on I I, I remember some of the things he'd say just from the press conferences I'd see and to me, Dayball is, I don't want to say polar opposite, but, I mean, he's just, he's a likable guy. I mean, for better or worse, I, I think he is um, a people person, and I think that helps him as a as a coordinator and a coach. You, Mark, you think that's going to really help him down here? Because, as you know, this could be a very rough media market. Uh, so you, yeah. think that pers- you think that personality is going to really help down here? I think it can. And now, again, he, if he goes 0-5, that, you know, I know how that <laughs> things can go. I covered Rex Ryan here. I mean, I remember, you know, like things things <laughs> yeah. can go. You know, Rex was a blast to cover uh, up until things hit the fan, and then it was, mm-hmm. you know, that that it was game on. And you know, New York fans and media and pundits know that all too well. So re- results are at the end of the day. You know, what's you know going to lead to him succeeding or failing there, but. Um, I, I just I think he's I think bottom line he's a good coach. What, what, you know whether this ends up great or, or poorly or somewhere in the middle. I just I think he's a good coach who's deserving of this opportunity. Mark, I don't know if you're aware of this, but the Giants' offense has been a mess for a couple of years now. The yeah. the offensive line has been uh, you know it, it, they they need about three or four maybe new players there to start. From the outside looking in, um, who's going to benefit the most from this hire on offense? I mean I. I guess the easy answer would be Daniel Jones, but I was just wondering if you had a different opinion on that. I mean, for the Giants' sake, I hope that is the case. I, I don't, I personally, I don't know about Daniel Jones. That's just me, right? Um, but do we, I do, yeah, yeah, and and, and that's, I think that's just, I think that's how everybody should be lo- looking at this right now, and you know, objectively looking at it from the outside. But um, I, I think Brian, again, I, I mean, I don't want to sound like a you know broken record, but I, I do think his strength is tailoring. Uh, what he wants to do to the the players that he has, so I, I think he'll look to maybe um, do th- some things differently. He'll he'll evaluate Daniel Jones and and change the system to ideally put him in a better position than he was in the last couple of years. Um, again, will that work? I, I don't know, but um, I I just I think that's his his biggest strength. And again, and, and then I could even go to a bigger picture point. Um, with Joe Shane going in there, if they follow the Brandon Bean philosophy, and again, I, I, I we, we didn't talk to like Shane on a regular basis. Sure. I, I, if I, I'd be lying if I said I knew his personal, you know, beliefs down right. to a core. But hmm. um, to take a page out of what they did here in Buffalo with Brandon Bean, that first year, Josh Allen got the absolute crap kicked out of him because they had no offensive line. So what did they do the next year? They got, I think, four out of five new offense. It might have been five. I, I don't even remember. But it was it was, uh, it was was wholesale changes. They just yeah. completely changed the offensive line saying, look, we got our quarterback. We cannot get him killed. That's what right. we need to do. So going into Josh Allen's second year, that that's they had a specific plan. We need to do that. 
Okay, then what do you need to do after that? Well, we need a number one receiver. We're going to trade for Stephon Diggs. So there was a very precise plan. Um, and, I mean, I, I I think as far as a general manager, Brandon Bean, approached that with Joe Shane working, obviously, very closely with him, that was the plan in Buffalo, to, you know, to piece by piece um, surround Josh Allen and do what they needed to do to take the offense up another level and then another level. And it was a very methodical Smart plan. It just made sense on paper. Did every pick work? No. I mean, Cody Ford has been a complete bust, and he was a high second round pick. Um, do, do do most of the picks work? Yeah, they they hit on most of them, um, and it's it's just turned things around. Uh, and I, I would imagine they'll take a similar approach out there with that. Mark, what I liked about you guys, like your starting right tackle, the kid Brown out there this year. You know, um, I didn't even have him on the radar at draft time. I got to be honest with you. Maybe I missed it. Yeah. I don't know, Mark, but. Yeah. When I see draft picks like that, you know, and then you you know you you go out and you get Dow Williams slides over to guard when Feliciano gets hurt, the whole deal. Mark, when I see draft picks like that and a guy starting a right tackle and contributing, that's always a, a big positive to me. Like you know, these guys are finding talent. And today, Joe Shane was talking to us, Mark, and he said Gabriel Davis, you know, a kid that had a monster game, right, for you guys. Four touchdowns, 200 yards, the whole deal. He said, Joe Shane says, that was Dable's guy. He says, he's the one that discovered him. He said, this guy right here, I want this kid. What was it, a third-round pick, Mark, or fourth-round pick, Gable? Fourth. Fourth-round pick. And Joe said today to us, he says, that was Dable. He's the one who found him. You know, uh, he's the one who wanted him, I should say. You know, Mark? Yeah, yeah. Uh, So you look at that, and that's positives to me, Mark. Those middle-round guys that are found and that contribute to your team um, is big. And uh, so it seems like, Mark, you know, this guy's got a knack for finding talent. Is that what you heard up there a lot, Mark? Um, you know, it's funny. I didn't even know that that uh, Davis story, but I believe it. Because, yeah, I just I think he know. I mean, you're talking about a guy in Brian Dable who, um, I mean, he's got that. He, he, I mean, he spent how many years in New England? You know, like in a variety of roles. So he's yeah. got the Belichick. Um, DNA in him. He he was in Alabama. He's got some of that Nick Saban in him, and now he's got some of that McDermott learning tree in him. So I, I just yeah, I think he's a bright football mind. I, I um I, I think he knows his stuff. Again, might it will it all be perfect? No, it won't. But I, I I truly yeah. think I truly think he knows his stuff. Yeah, Mark. I guess Brian, when the time needs be, need be, it could be a pretty tough guy too, right? On his plays. There's a lot of tough love going on. Does he know when to crack the whip when he has to? Yeah, I mean, I, I think he knows how... Yeah, I mean, I, I think if he has to, but he's not... Um, I wouldn't say he's like a militant coach. You know, like I think yeah. I think there's a... I'm sure there's a certain, you know, when stuff hits the fan, this is how we're going to do it. But, um, no, I, I, think, I think he prides himself on having strong relationships with his players. Um, you know, this is not Tom Coughlin coming in here. You know, this is... Um, a guy who, again, I mean, Josh Allen talks about him like a, a father figure. You know, like right. they are they are as tight as can be. He's right. not the only one. I just, I think there's, I think he understands these are adults. I'm not going to treat them like they're kids. We're going to, you know, um, at the end of the day, it's, the the, the onus falls on him. Um, but I, I don't think he's a, uh, and I, I'm not saying he's going to be too buddy-buddy. I don't think that's the case, but I, I think he, prides himself on having um, 
tight relationships with his players. And I, in Buffalo, I think it clearly helped. I'll ask you an off-table question. That's what I was going to ask you before. Um, when you drafted Josh Allen, you know, the, the first year was, hit or, was, was kind of up and down. When did you realize you had the guy with him? What, at what point was it year two? Was there a specific game? The reason I ask that question is because we're still trying to figure out with Daniel Jones. And, and John Mara the other day said, look, we couldn't do more to screw this kid up. And yeah. a lot of that's true because of the offensive line, the different coordinators. I'm just curious from your point of view, when was the feeling that you, you had the guy? And part two of that, how much did, did Dable kind of help that along? Yeah, well, there were flashes. Um, but he was very, I mean, it's funny. You go back, it's such an interesting trajectory when you go back to Josh Allen's NFL career. Um, I mean, he wasn't supposed to start that first year. They wanted to bring him along slowly. Then a guy named Nathan Peterman went out and threw 400 interceptions in that first game, and That's they right. had no choice but to turn to Allen, probably before he was completely ready. Right. Um, but I, I give him credit. I mentioned it earlier. I mean, he got beat up that first year. It, it, the offensive line, he was not in an ideal position to succeed. But, I mean, I've seen so many other, E.J. Manuel, Lossman, all those guys, so many other quarterbacks who just clearly weren't mentally ready for it. Lossman was, was, was the same draft as Manning, right? Yeah, yeah. And, yeah, I mean, yeah. again, and he's another guy who had, I mean, he threw the prettiest practice ball I've ever seen in my life. Uh, yes, he still did. throws still throws one of the best deep balls I've ever seen in my life. It just it just complete it didn't and I mean to make the Daniel Jones comparison they did not put him in a position you know like yeah, yeah I yeah, think yeah, with yeah. all I think with all these young passers they're they're lottery tickets and there are so many variables um, whether they're going to succeed or not a guy might have a twenty percent chance a forty percent chance and then yeah. it's on the surroundings to make him an, a proper NFL and then once you hit you hit and once you fail you fail and with with Josh Allen, there were moments, um, brief moments as a rookie. The big moment that everybody remembers was in Minnesota. They were, I think, a record. It was like a 13-and-a-half-point underdog or whatever going into that game. And then he hurdled Anthony Barr um, and led the Bills to this upset win. And it was like, okay, there's something yeah. there. We, it might not be, you know, we'll see, but there's something. Yeah. And then... They would do maybe a little more running with him. You say, okay, there's something. He's got that. That event. I mean, the big the big turnaround for Josh was when he eventually. People said it couldn't be done, but he corrected his accuracy issues. I mean, it was just the guy went from being um, a big play guy who was inconsistent on a down in down out basis to a guy who all of a sudden was accurate, and then you you add that to his poise, his personality, his unbelievable ability to study a crazy amount of film and I mean his the the one thing we can point to now that teams got wrong with Josh Allen that the Bills got right were his commitment and I mean again people say it people talk the talk in that regard he walked the walk I, I'm gonna study a crazy amount of film I'm gonna spend all off season correcting what needs to be corrected um, you know that that's that's the one thing t- other teams got wrong about Josh Allen and underestimated. So there were flashes early on. Um, we the the big key was turning around his accuracy, but I I, I do I think Dayball had just a tremendous um, tremendous effort in turning that around and tailoring the offense to what Josh does well. I was going to say real quick, accuracy is usually tough for a, a kid to go from college to the pros to improve that. That's not easy. I mean, arm strength, you can't, you have it or you don't. Yeah. But accuracy is like number two. Well, yeah, like, and people, yeah, people pointed yeah. at the time, they said, I mean, it's just, 
historically didn't happen often. Right. Um, yeah. And Josh Allen is a bit of an aberration in that regard. Um, but he did. I mean, it's. It, I laugh because it's. But he did it. So it's like you know. Yeah. I always view all these prospects again as as percentage. You know, it's like they are variables. There, there are if. Um, I don't even want to pick a, a name of the past, but I mean, if Daniel, if Josh Allen, let's say he goes to a team without Brian Dayball, let's say he went to Jacksonville a couple right. of years ago or whatever, you know, it's like he might not be the, he might have been a bust. Right. Let's say if Patrick Mahomes doesn't end up in, I mean, you know, who right. knows? Right. Um, if Daniel Jones ends up in Buffalo day one, maybe he's, you, you know, you just, it's, I think that's always a misconception with prospects in general. Um, that these guys are variables because the college game may to Joe Fan look similar, but it's it's so different. I mean, it's it's just you know, especially at that position. So, um, long story short, I, I just think Dable did a tremendous job in bringing Josh Allen along and then tailoring the offense to what he does best. Mark, just talk about Ken Dorsey a little bit. You know, this is an, is Sean McDermott going to promote him to OC? Is that what you're hearing? And are you hearing he's staying? I mean, the Giants, from what I understand, a uh, Trying to throw some money in his face there, Mark, and trying to yeah, get him I mean, down here. What, what are you hearing up there? That's what it looks like. It's funny. I mean, the Bills, ever, it's funny. You would hear things before, but ever since Sean McDermott and those guys came in charge, I mean, they are tremendous at not letting that stuff out. So I, as far as what's happening there, I mean, I haven't seen anything. None of my, I haven't seen anything reported from any of my media friends up here. Um, I, they are tremendous at keeping that stuff in-house. Um, it, which is a huge change because they were League City before you know Sean really? McDermott was in charge. Okay. So no, so I, I wish I had um, a huge thing there. I, I don't off the top of my head. I think uh, I personally I think Dorsey will have his pick uh, whether he wants to be the coordinator in New York or he wants to be the coordinator in Buffalo. I think there are clear benefits to both. The benefit in Buffalo would be he would be the co- uh, coordinator for Josh Josh Allen. <laughs> Uh, quarterbacks in the league. That's a good spot to be in as an up-and-coming right. offensive coordinator who is looking to uh, progress your career to the next level. At the same time, I, I, I think Brian Dable's a great coach. You're looking for a, a fresh start and an opportunity there and probably a whole hell of a lot of money. Um, there's good you know, positives to that job, too. So um, I think he'll end up as the coordinator. I don't know which. I don't know where it will be. I'll be stunned if he's not the coordinator in one of these two teams. Well, Mark, listen, man, we want to thank you for coming on. You've been really generous with your time, giving us a lot of great information on hopefully the next, uh, you know, winning coach here in New York. Um, Mark, where can people find your work, bud? Sure. Uh, Bill's Digest, like you said, just like Giants Insider, we just printed our our mid-season interview issue uh, late last night. So that's out on newsstands and um, at the various, uh, you know, Madster and iTunes sites where you, you can get PDFs. Um, I'm on Twitter at MarkLud12, um, and yeah, just uh, if you like the Bills, check out Bills Digest, just like you would Giants Insider. Yeah. Mark, Mark, before I let you go, you got any good stories, inside stories on Dable like I hit him with where he, hit, where he looks at me and goes, I got I to gotta get him back now. This, this damn thing is viral. He called me from, he said I sound like I was from South Carolina. Everybody's talking That's about funny. tweeting. So, Mark, come on, you got a good inside story where I can hit him with it where he'll look at me and go, hey, Chris, where the hell did you hear that from? Anything hey, Chris, real, yeah. quick, real quick, Chris, someone just sent us a TikTok of it, so I just saw it on my phone. Anything, oh, Mark? Anything go. good? Anything juicy? TikTok famous. I went, you know, not off the top of my head. I would, oh, just, well, I you would go, no, I'll say this honestly. I would then, I would, I would use that 
and and build off that. You know, like he's the type of guy where he will remember what he said to you and what you said to him that first time, and you can build something off that. And really, I I think he's um, a likable people person. I w- I wish him the best. I think he's a good coach. Whether this works out or not, I still think he's a good coach. You know, so some yeah. some we we've seen other coordinators go to places and have. Great success or, or bomb completely, you know. Some circumstances sometimes happen, but I, I think um, I think he's a, a good coach. I think the Giants got a good one, and I think you guys will have fun covering him because I, he's that he's that kind of guy. You'll have you'll have fun with him at press conferences and whatnot. Awesome, Mark. Thank you very much, my man. Anytime, good to talk to you guys. Appreciate it, Mark. We'll talk. We'll on, talk down the road, Mark. Thank you, brother. S- sounds good. Anytime. Take care. See you, man. Take care. Good stuff. Well, that was good, man. Got a lot of info. Um, yeah, that was uh, – I'm excited. You know, like you said, until you start playing, you don't know. But, um, you know, the, the early results are in, and hopefully we got the right guy, dude. Yeah, I mean, Jerry, that's, that's you know, that's the hope um, um, that we don't have to do this every two years, bro. <laughs> yeah, I, know. Uh, I mean, Paul – I mean, I was talking with Schwartz today. I was – he hit it right in the head. He goes, man, this is becoming monotonous. You know, every two years. Uh, you know, so that's the hope, Jerry, you know. Uh, yeah. Everybody's excited now, and everybody should be excited. Yeah. Until it's time not to be excited, and hopefully that time not to be excited doesn't come, bro. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Uh, you know. I think it's really time that this organization becomes relevant again and stable. And, and you know what, Jerry? Joe Shane said it last week, and we'll talk just just a few minutes before we sign yeah. off. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of people felt you know when Shane was being interviewed. When Dable was being interviewed by the Dolphins, a lot of people you see it on Twitter. What the hell you want to come to the Giants for? Right. What the hell you want to come to the Giants for? Who Dolphins? They got Tua. They got this right. guy, that guy. Who he coached before? Yeah. Uh, what about this? You know this yeah. this organization. But you hear what they said, both of them. Shane was like, "Hey, this is the New York Giants, man." Right. Right. This is the. This, it still means something. Yeah. It's still even though all the crap that's been going on, right? Yeah. And then yeah. Dable said it today. He's like. Somebody asked him about why he took the job or something like that. And he was like, what? I said, this this is the Giants calling me, man. This is a a prestigious organization. He goes, it was like a no, he basically was saying it was like a no brainer today. Because if you turn it around, Chris, you know, as well as a better place to win. Yeah. You're a legend. You're a legend for the rest of your life. More, more than anywhere else. Any other city, I don't care. Anybody says it's just different. It is. And the love affair that Giants fans have with this franchise I mean, he especially especially what they've been going through for about ten years now. If you can turn this around, uh, you know. Yeah, yeah. So, um, you know, to answer that, you know, I I, I noticed when they were going to the GM search and then obviously the head coach search, a lot of people were like, you know, what the hell you want to come here for? You know, Daniel Jones yeah. is a question mark. Oh, he stinks. So oh, you don't even have a quarterback. And well, you know, you got your answer, man. You know, from Joe yeah. Shane, and you got your answer from Brian Dable today. That hey, this is the Giants we're talking about now. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, Jerry, you know what? <clears throat> Hopefully these two guys get this organization back to where they were. Yep. Where people Absolutely. talked about the Giants and said, oh, man, that's a freaking organization. Right. I mean, that's a winning, you know, they, they got a winning product out there. They're doing it the right way. Because this, as we know, Jerry, this organization has gotten away from that, brother. Yeah. For a very long Absolutely. time. Yeah. And now you hope and, these two yeah. guys get it back on track. And for those wondering, um, Mark told us he had a lot of interaction with Dable guys. He did not have that much with Shane, just because of Shane's position there. Yeah. That's why we had more of the more of the questions about Dable guys, just to, in case you were wondering. But um, good stuff, dude. 
Uh, anything else, bro? Nah, that's it, man. So uh, we'll see what happens, brother. Uh, so now, when you introduce yourself to uh, to Dable, you gotta say, "Ah, uh, yeah, Chris Gamecocks, Fizignano from Giant Insider." Right. Uh, <laughs> Brian Dable does not know the can of worms he has opened up with me. <laughs> it's gonna be awesome. Uh, wait till we're around each other every day when training camp starts. It's gonna be quite a show. <laughs> Should be fun. It's man. gonna be fun. Should be awesome. He, he likes to break chops. He already opened the door, breaking my chops. And now I'm gonna hit him with that New York humor. I'm gonna break his chops. You know so. Uh, but you know, it's just just all in fun, fun stuff. all in fun. Yeah. Of course, you know, if you're playing well, that sh- that crap flies. You know, uh, so yep. hopefully we don't get to that point, Jerry, where it's like, like Mark said, you know, zero and five. Now it's a different story. <laughs> you know, right, so, right, right. Jokes aren't funny. Jokes anymore. aren't fun anymore. There's no more jokes when you're zero and five. You know, it's always like I'm not from South Carolina, dude. I'm from Brooklyn. Yeah. Here's my friggin' question. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, <laughs> but no, nah, I think it's gonna be, uh, I think it's gonna be a pretty good guy to cover, and hopefully. You know, the progress is there, turning it around, and everybody has a good time, and he keeps it light, and, you know, and uh, he doesn't come on a Wednesday afternoon and explain the other team for like an hour, you know? <laughs> good point. And people don't. We'll leave it at that. And people follow <laughs> judges' presses every Wednesday know what the hell I'm talking about, so. Ooh, oh, my God. Good stuff, buddy. All right, guys. To order a subscription to The Giant Insider, go to www.thegiantinsider.com and go to magster.com for a digital subscription. That's M-A-G-Z-T-E-R. All right, guys. Sundays are giant days, baby. Take care, everyone. Bye-bye, everybody.